It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Good evening, Wolves fans across the globe. It's little Dan here with the latest Wolves fancast match preview. We're back for the 13th season. Thanks for joining us this evening. Thanks for continuing to follow us across all our social media channels. Tonight, I've got with me Lukey T, Jeffo, and we've got a new guest with us tonight. You'll find him at Wolves Football Shirts across Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Got one of the most decent uh, shirt collections going at the moment on social media behind uh, the kit father himself, Steve Plant. Uh, Eddie, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Bit bit of an iffy uh, uh, stomach. I had a, um, a Greg's Magic Bag earlier and there was a bit of a dodgy tuna baguette. So other than that, I'm doing okay. That's it. Just uh, give the uh, the viewers and listeners just a brief introduction to yourself. Obviously, you're, you're based in Bristol. How, how did you come about being a Wolves fan? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my um, my dad, um, funnily enough, was a Glory supporter back in the. Um, he grew up in the fifties, sixties, sort of Stan Cullis, you know, Billy Wright era, and he he grew up in Bradford. So he, um, you know, picked up whatever you know your four four two magazine and uh, started following Wolves, and then uh, stuck with them, you know, all through the dark days in the eighties under sort of um, you know Batty Brothers and the administration, all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, and uh, moved down to Exeter. And that's where I I was born. And then used to drive up from Exeter to Wolverhampton, you know, like five hour five hour there and back again. And uh, and yeah, yeah, raised me and my brother as Wolves fans, so Wolves fans for life. And yeah, I'm a shirt collector. Been collecting seriously for about three or four years now. And yeah, shout out to Steve Plant as well. Some of the fine shirts behind are purchased from him. As you say, a great great collector, lovely bloke. It is a massive. Uh... Massive collection. It's an impressive Instagram page. If you can, if you can take your, your time to view it, people got a few comments already. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Morton, Luke, my old muck at Tomo. Yes, Rebo. And then we've Rebo got Dean. Primary school with him, man. Good lad. 
Dean Mars and Evening Gents, that jacket, that jacket, Danny Boy. I mean, it's an impressive jacket. I, I, I can't get enough of wearing it. But Dean, I, I knew Eddie was coming on tonight, and I couldn't wear um, just any old wolf shirt. I had to try and raise my game tonight. That's why I've done that. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everyone. If, you, if you've not heard the sort of latest news that's been going about today, the biggest rumour so far is apparently that Everton have been linked to our captain, leader, legend, Connor Cody. Uh, massive, massive part of what the uh, the Falcon era has been about leading our, our back three since Nuno joined. Uh, guys, what was your sort of thoughts on the on the news today? I'll come to you, you first, Luke. What's your thoughts on Conor Cody being linked to Everton? What's your thoughts on it maybe being a loan? Um, I think it's it's a mad one. To be fair, I wasn't expecting Cody's name to be to be rumoured about this summer. Um, a loan deal. Makes no sense either. How can you loan out your captain? You either keep him or you sell him. Oh, you can't loan out your captain. It's just mental. Um, but uh, it, if it's if with the World Cup coming up, he's going to want minutes, isn't he? And maybe the conversation's been had where he's not going to get many minutes for us next season because we're going to play back four. And if we do play back four, as nice as Cody is, because he's got to be the nicest bloke in the world. Um, I don't think he's he's at that level for us to play in a back four. What's your opinion on that, Jeff? Is, it, is he due to his sort of service and professionalism, leadership? Has he has he earned the right to have a go as a centre back in a four? I well, I, I think from what we've seen, I don't think it's going to work for him as a, in a four. But um, I think I've said previously in, in in WhatsApp groups and stuff like that, that, that I think he, he deserves at least 12 months just through the transition, you know, to be part of it because he is a leader. We've lost a lot of leaders this summer. We've lost Sace, we've lost Ruddy, who, who, who were anchors and stalwarts of the dressing room and have always been people there who've, who've G players up, even if they haven't been playing, you know, they've been positive influences there. Um, so to, to get rid of him and on loan as well, like you said, Luke, it doesn't make sense. It just baffles. That you would you would let essentially who who going into the season probably more of a club captain role if he's not going to get the minutes you why would you loan him out it doesn't it doesn't make sense like and he's got a contract here till at least three more years I think it's twenty twenty five so it doesn't it doesn't make sense to, to to let him go and play for somebody else in the Premier League what well, what forget about um alone what what sort of fee should Wolves be commanding Eddie do you, do you think. Um, well, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, he's he's with the position we have with him in the club. You know, as you say, he's he's as Jeffrey was saying. You know, he's a leader. He's a club captain. You think about all the praise that's been lumped on him by Southgate and the England squad. You know, obviously, he didn't get any minutes at the at the Euros, but you know, he was a he's an influential figure. And um, you know, I we don't want another Troy on our hands. We don't want to sort of loan him out and then get him back again. I want to. I want to keep him. I don't want to. I don't want to put a figure out there. I'm saying he should stay. It's bold. I think it's one. Of the, it's a really difficult situation for all parties, isn't it? Really, because nobody wants him to leave, but he's really entitled to minutes, isn't he? In order to seal his place in that World Cup squad. I think if we've got 35, 40 mil for him. I mean, do, do you think? Do you think? Do you generally think that's a reasonable and well, an expect, uh, an ex. Like a, word. expectable fee yeah, respectable like fee um, I mean obviously you've got the yeah. English premium he's been obviously massive for us but unless a club's 
going to sort of change their system to fit him in, is anyone really going to spend that sort of money on him? I think Maybe that's not, the worrying part. No, he isn't versatility, does he? No. I, I just think you just said he's an England international. Any England internationals go for 15, well, current England internationals that are relevant at the moment. What what would the going right be for, the, for that squad? You wouldn't have anyone under sort of 20 mil or, or, or one to fourth. Just being tongue in cheek for a second. Do you know how many goals Jack Grealish has scored for England? Zero. <laughs> Is it zero? Has he got one? Because I'm, all, all I'm oh, saying is, if, if Cody's got more than Jack Grealish and they sold him 100 million, I'm all I'm you know what I mean? You can, you can think what you want from that statement. It's fair. So I mean, 125 mil. The one I would have compared him to is, is how much did Dan Byrne go from Brighton to Newcastle? How much did he go for? Yeah, yeah. It's got, I, that was about 30, wasn't it? That was around about that. Is that a yeah, play for England? And, and yeah. Well, so, now it's exactly. <laughs> so there you go. That's why I think 35, 40 mil really is a reasonable play oh, in this. I've got to double check. I've got to double check that one. But yeah, Eddie's, did... Eddie's, Eddie's primed to say something here. I can tell. Well, I mean, the thing with Cody is, I mean, it's it's more, isn't it, than his than his playing is what he gives to you. You know, he's the face of the club. You know, he's he's the he's the link as well. I I feel like when you watch those, you know, all the pre-game interviews and all the training sessions, you know, he's there holding everything together. He's a link between you know the Portuguese players, the English players, you know, and he's providing that, um, uh, yeah, it's a sort of glue that holds everything together. And I, and I think it would be it would be a huge loss. You know, I know Neves was, you know, the youngest captain in the Champions League for Porto at 18. You know, we've obviously signed Collins, who was Stokes' youngest captain at age 18. You know, we've got some leaders in the team, but I don't think um, they bring what Cody brings. Uh, Ethan Allen in the comments section saying we should be commanding a fee, which is more than what Man United paid for Harry Maguire. It's a bold statement, but I can't disagree with it. Obviously, there's been quite a few striker links in in the Wolves' uh, transfer world today. Uh, Missy Batshuayi from Chelsea, and yesterday, uh, South Korean striker Huang Guizhou, I believe, we'll go with that pronouncement, um, from Bordeaux. Apparently, Wolves had uh, inquired, placed a bid of around three million. Uh, Bordeaux have rejected that, uh, demanding a fee of six to seven. Uh, any sort of thoughts on? On the on Batshuayi, Jeffo, I know he's been a, around for quite a bit. He had a, yeah. a, a, a brief loan spell at Crystal Palace. And I'm not sure whether it was last season or the season before, but mm-hmm. apart from his decent early start and his early career in Belgium, he hasn't really set the world on fire, has he? No, no, he's been quite um, almost like a one in three striker. But I, I think he, as a player, I think he worked well at Wolves. I think he's what kind of what we need. Um, he plays well with his back to goal. Um, and he, he's good in the in the 18-yard box, which is nice. I mean, he played he played in Turkey last year, and I think he got one in three. I think it was 15 in 35, something around that sort of figure. So, you know, he's he's he, he can score goals. He got experience in the Premier League. You know, it's a relatively cheap um, way of doing things. If we can get him online from Chelsea, and they're paying some of the wages as well, which is what some of the reports are saying. Then I don't see why why we sh- shouldn't take a risk on something so you know well something without risking in, in terms of in terms of what we're looking at. You as know, soon as really um, he came off. out saying that Chelsea Chelsea may pay part of his wage, mm-hmm. Jeff Shea definitely got a semi, didn't he? Why why would we sign a striker though, who's not going to benefit us off the field? 
because that's what Faustin want. They want the, the shirt sales, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it for me makes too much sense. I think it would be a fantastic signing. Yeah, but what's your opinions on um, on Batsman Edo? Yeah, I mean, as um, Jeff was saying, I think he got 14-15 for Besiktas last season. And, you know, talk about a one-in-three striker. When was the last time we had a one-in-three striker? You know, we, last last season we scored 38 goals in 38 games. That was the third lowest in the Premier League. Um, you know, we'd kill for a one-in-three striker. That is enough at the moment. We'll take it. Most definitely. I mean, it's, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? 38 league goals last season. We lost more games than Burnley last season. And we finished 10th with those two stats. He's mad. <laughs> Jose Sard deserves the uh, case. Got Ballon d'Or, that lad deserves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hugh Roberts in the comments section. Um, is there a realistic chance Katrona could get another chance? Isn't he on 63 grand a week? I mean... Can I, t- can I take the floor with this one? That's no. all you. That's all you, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a straight no, Hugh. He's, he, we need to get him off the wage books. Just just pay for his engagement party and his wedding and just get him off the wage books. He's, he's not fit to wear a wall shirt. He'll never be fit to wear a wall shirt. Any footballer can run around, but if he's not good technically, he's not going to be... He's not good enough for Wolves. Um Ed Marshall in the comments. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight, uh, Ed. Uh, Batshuayi is a perfect second-string striker for me. If Raul comes back, he's happy being a backup striker and doesn't seem to upset the apple cart. Um, it's, just, it's a no-brainer, isn't it, um, Batshuayi? If, if we can get him and Chelsea are willing to agree a fee, uh, sorry, pay part of his wage, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Obviously, we, we were also linked to the South Korean Hwang Ijo from Bordeaux. Luke, you've, you're sort of deep into a football manager save at the moment and you've sent us some uh, a quick screenshot of his stats what what do you actually make of his stats here it's sort of in, in his current season he's still at that one in three season before he scored nine in 29 12 and 30 the season before if Wolves can get a striker with those sort of stats for less than 10 million today's market it's another no brand especially when you're throwing the shirts out on top isn't it do you know what it, it would represent decent value for money um he's not pulling up any trees but he looks like he just looks like an average to decent mid-table striker, and that's it. He, he ain't going to come and get thirty, well, twenty goals in a season. He's just one of them. All right, if we can get twenty-eight games out of him, hopefully he can get us sort of like eight or nine goals, maybe twelve at a push. Was there any sort of stats via that F, FB ref earlier, Jeff, that you saw about Wangi uh, Joe that was worth noting? Not particularly. I mean, it's like I say, one in three is where we're we're looking, and and his his percentile stuff is not great, actually, to be honest. But I think if we look at it, it's it, it's it's a person who needs to come in, play some games for one season. I think next season is, I'm going to put it out there early, but it's next season is Fabio's season. Um, he started so well at Anderlecht. He played really well again today. You know, if you can get in there, get the goal scoring record going, twenty twenty five goals. This season, I think that's all the confidence they all need to bounce back, and I think that's where we'll be looking next year is Fabio and then somebody to support him. So, Huang from Bordeaux or um, you know Batshuayi if he, he comes and does well and stays here long term, they're good second string options. So I think that's that's massive, where we need to be looking. Season. Massive yeah. season for Fabio Silva, isn't it, Jeff? He's, he's actually been featuring mm-hmm. in, in a game for Andelek tonight. What, what have you made of his performance? Yeah, he played played really well. I know it's against an Estonian team, so 
it's going to be a little bit easier. But he scored a very good goal, nice little chip. Uh, and he's dropping into space, picking up the ball, passing it off well. He's he's rotating really well into that side. And he just looks like he's settled. And weirdly enough, I, there's a, a, a they're making such a big deal out of him. During the halftime show, they they basically showed like all the, the stuff around like his signing day. And they really will make it. So we'll do all this for you. We'll, we'll, we'll make you feel at home. We'll look after you. Your parents need anything. You need anything. Just let me know. And we'll sort it out. We'll, we'll make everything easy for you. And that, that it's it's like it's almost like Ronaldo going to Man United, Fabio Silva going to Anderlecht. It was just it just looked special. So hopefully he'll really become the man that he needs to be in this season, and and, and it'll benefit us going forward. How much effort would you um, put in Luke to to help Fabio Silva's mom if she asked? <laughs> I'll just make her feel make her feel welcome and at home, mate. You know, <laughs> if, if she ever needs to get anything off her chest, you can. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for it. Uh, Hugh Roberts says uh, thanks for the comments in regards to Patrick Catrone. Is Patrick Catrone the worst signing since Robert Taylor? What's your thoughts on that, Eddie? <laughs> well, I mean, he had his chance, didn't he? Well, more than one. He's had he's had a few chances. He obviously came, you know, came with us to the preseason. He didn't didn't make the cut, didn't make the tour, didn't get to Spain, didn't get to Portugal. You know, he's not he's not good enough. And uh, and just going back to Fabio as well, I think um, you know, it's I mean, I, I mean, people have said it, haven't they? But I mean, it's really important to remember that he was what, how old? Seventeen when we bought him. He's nineteen now. Uh, Raul Jimenez didn't turn professional for Club America until he was 19. So you know he was still in he was still in the youth team up until that point. So Fabio's just had such a lot of the spotlight on him, and I mean I know he's already done an interview um, talking about his transfer fee, how he tries to forget about it. But hopefully this will be just a bit of headspace for him, confidence building. You know we saw him get a great goal already in a in a game for them. So fingers crossed he just like Jeffo says really pushes on this year and and comes back with a long term aim of uh, of being our starting striker possibly next year. The, the defending for his goal against, I think it was Oostend, what wasn't wasn't the greatest, was it? But an absolutely great strike, Jeffo. Something that mm. you, you, oh, if you're yeah. ever if you're ever coaching kids, you want to you want to use that as an example, don't you? Yeah, it's 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 just technique, and he takes his time, gets his head up, and looks for looks for the corner, which is exactly what you want to be teaching, say kids at that age as well. When that you you know even when you're starting at the very youngest of kids, you want to be teaching them that finding the corner and 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 its placement over power. And the finish today in the in the game against um, Pida or something. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. The Estonian side. He's just done a little dink over the goalkeeper. There's no. He's not forced anything. It's just technique. It's beautiful. And that's what we want to see from him going forward. Which is just nice. It's nice that you know he's calm and collected when he's playing the game now. Which is what we probably didn't see last season. He looked a little bit rash. He was taking his chances a little bit too quick. I think it's a massive season, isn't it, for him, Luke? But um, uh, Eddie mentioned headspace just, but I think just another great thing for Fabio for uh, for his last spell of Anderlecht, he's going to get regular chances during the 90 minutes, isn't he, Luke? Which has been yeah. short for all of our strikers for a good few years now. Definitely. And I think with Fabio, um, he just looks like a, a natural goal scorer. He looks like a finisher. Um, so... Give him chances. He's gonna get goals. He's that sort of striker. Um, it's a, it's a massive season for him, and 
I, I hope he absolutely smashes it over there. I'd love him to come back with 32 goals in all competitions under his belt, even if he got 20, even if he got 15, you know what I mean? Just an half-decent season just to boost his confidence a bit and, and shut some of the haters up. But thankfully, most of the haters aren't Wolves fans and it's just idiots who follow football who are just fixated with transfer values. Imagine mm. if he just sort of done a prime R9 and took Anderlecht to the... Was it Europa Conference League or something? Yeah. Imagine if he took them all the way, prime R9, comes back on the back of a 40-goal season. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Raul. We're sending you back to Club America. Yeah. He's going to get minutes. I mean, yeah. they've got they've got, um, they've got got six six games in three weeks, and then they've got a week where they've got one game, and then again, the, after that, and the week after, they've got six games in three weeks again. So he's going to get minutes. So it's it's probably the best situation and the best club he can be at right now. And he's got a decent lad up top with him if they're going to play that Esposito as well. Yeah. Them Sebastian, two. Sebastian Esposito. Honestly, it's like a football manager player's wet dream, that is. That'd be our silver and Esposito. I mean, you've been calling it for a while, Luke and Ed Marshall in the comments. Uh, he'll come back with his sleeve fully done, his hair chopped. As soon as he gets that haircut, that, that bully cut, it's Game just over. goals, goals, Game goals. Over. He's got the tattoos now. He's been bulking up in the gym. Honestly, somebody needs to send this to, to Fabio because I'm telling you now, he gets a trim, go to Marky's Barbers, get a skin fade, and he'll come back a different man. And 30, 30 goals guaranteed if he gets that skin fade off Marky. Just to reiterate again, thanks for those who are joining us tonight live on the Wolves Fancast Match Preview. Uh, I'm doing what all the kids say. Just smash that like button in the bottom left-hand corner. Subscribe. <laughs> Keep commenting so we've got a lot more to talk about. Let's jump back to the Premier League season. We're away to Leeds Saturday, 3pm. The Athletic, the, the world-famous Athletic, sent out their uh, league predictions from their writers today. They've predicted Man City uh, to win the league. Southampton, Fulham and Bournemouth to face the dreaded drop and Wolves to finish in a measly 13th place. Uh I'll come to you first, Eddie, um, with a simple question. Who, who's, who's winning the league, Man City or Liverpool? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give it to uh, I'm going to give it to Liverpool this year. What's different? Uh, what, what what's what stood out for you this summer to make you think that City uh, are going to drop it? Well, I think I think they've had I think they've had a good summer. Uh, and obviously, you know, the Community Shield. No, it's only one game. I mean, it's essentially a, a pre-season friendly. But um, yeah, Liverpool are up for it. You know, they look good. You know, Man City are trying to get three in a row, which I think only Ferguson's achieved in the Premier League era. Um, it's not easy. Um, and I think there will be a lot. It will be more competitive this year. You know, Spurs, Arsenal, they have to be better than last year. You know, I think United in sixth, I think, you know, again, I mean, they've not had a great summer, but they have to be better than last year. So there will be teams taking points off the two of them. But yeah, I mean, I'm going a little bit with Hart as well. I've got to say, I mean, uh, if I had to pick one of the two, then I, I do prefer uh, watching Liverpool than Man City. I think that might be controversial for some. What, what's your opinion? Who, who do you like between the two? Forget about the Tartar race for a minute, Jeff. Who's your preference between Man City and Liverpool? Um, City. I, I just I cannot stand Klopp. I just I, some, something about him always rubs me up the wrong way. Um, and I think me and Luca spoke about this quite a little bit. That we're just literally. I think we're founding members of the Harlem Fan Club. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we've got to be. Mate. We've got to be. <laughs> he's 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 going to be insane this season. He's just, I'm, he's 
Absolutely. I'm still I'm chuckling a... about that comment on Twitter that compared Erling Haaland to George R. Binks. I can't unsee it now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I'll, I'll, I'll come to actually the question now, though. Yep. Uh, Man, Man City or Liverpool, who's winning the title? Oh, I think City have got it. I, I, I think Liverpool have, have um, done well. I think Darwin Nunes, despite his, some of his pre-season games, is going to be a really good player for him. Um, but he's got some big fills, shoes to fill with Mar- filling in Mane's position. So I just think maybe there's a bit too much transition there, whereas City have strengthened in the areas that they've covered really well in the past two seasons anyway. What's your opinion, Luke? I know I know where you like between Man City and Liverpool, but who's winning the title? Man City. I just think going forward now, the options have got, it's it's just ridiculous. It's it's unfair. They've got Alvarez, Haaland, Mares, De Bruyne, Grealish, uh, Foden. Have I missed anyone out? Like it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah, Liverpool Liverpool are good going forward as well, but I don't know. I just feel like Man City have just got that little bit more. You know, I think if if somebody gets injured for I don't know if if Mares is out for six weeks, it hurts Liverpool Man City less than if Firmino is out or no, let's say a bigger player if Salah's out. Liverpool would find it harder to replace Salah than Man City would to replace De Bruyne. Yeah. I mean, Dean Mars has made the comment, which I think the, the whole football community agree with now, is that five subs, the new five subs rule helps Man City and Liverpool more than anyone else in the league, but Man City more than anyone. Cause you talked about the sort of solutions that Man City have. If Man City is sort of struggling 60 minutes into a game and they've got five subs to use and you can just change three midfielders and two of your strikers. <laughs> I mean it's just it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean what what chance of what chance have the other clubs got of, of competing against these two juggernauts of a side? It's it's really unsavory. It's, it's concerning that the gap between the top four and the well and the other sixteen is just going to grow and grow this season because of that rule. Because how how are teams like Forest and and you know Fulham and Bournemouth going to be able to get points off these top four teams when they could literally change half of their starting eleven, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it's insane. So, a quick look at the other end of the table. The the Athletic predicted Southampton, Fulham, and Bournemouth to face uh, the dreaded drop this season. I'll come to you first again, Eddie. Who, who's your money on for the bottom three this season? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's a it's a, you know you're going to put those newly promoted teams down there, aren't you? It's interesting if they've. they've uh, pick Forest to avoid the drop. I know they've had quite a uh, exciting window so far. All uh, all my mum's side of the family are all from uh, Nottingham, so uh, they're all Forest fans. So uh, I'm hoping they stay up as well. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Brentford. I think they could be down there as well in the mix. Uh, I don't. And it's, uh, I think they don't see them sort of uh, replicating the form that they had last season. So I'm I'm putting them in the bottom three, um, probably with um, Fulham uh, just doing their yo-yo again. Um, yeah. Seems to be a quite a regular um, choice I'm, I'm finding across social media, Fulham. But do do we are they really that sort of set? Do you think, Lou? Because I mean, obviously signing Alpellini is a decent signing. They've signed Burn Leno this week, um, but it's all pretty much lays at the feet of Mitrovic again, doesn't he? If he can replicate half of his form to give him a fighting chance. Yeah, I think um, obviously they're in a stronger position than when they was in the Premier League last time because. That was extremely strong last season in the Championship. Um, I think Fulham will be okay. I believe... I think Bournemouth are going to go. I, f- I think Southampton might go. And I think 
I think we might have another situation this season, like we had with Everton last season, a bit of a, a bigger club. And I think Leicester might get dragged into it. Leicester seem to be in a big amount of trouble from my my point of view at the moment. I was on a Newcastle podcast the other night and I was proper laying into the Leicester fan because they seem they appear to be more skint than us at the moment. If you, you hear some of the stories, their owners haven't really got a pot to piss in at the moment. Casper uh, Schmeichel, been captain for so many years, he's left to join Nice. Um, Yuri Tielemans has been wanting out the door for a good 18 months now. Newcastle are pushing strong to sign Madison. Apparently, Man United are linked to, uh, for Jamie Vardy this week, but I think my hips are in better condition than Jamie Vardy, so yeah. it's a difficult situation. I'm not really sure where Leicester are going to end up because I know they haven't got Europe this season, but they just seem to have a bit of unrest. And I mean, apart from when um, the Arsenal job was available, Brendan Rodgers has been sort of trying to get out the door for a, yeah. for a while now. So it's, it's not. I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't bet massively against it, Luke, uh, with Everton. Uh, where's your money, Jeffo? Um, I think a lot of the stuff has already been said. Fulham, it all rests on Mitrovic again. Hopefully, they get out of it. I think Forest will be a surprise package. I think they'll do quite well. Um, so, yeah, probably Bournemouth, uh, Brentford, and I I keep praying that Everton get relegated. <laughs> Just I really do because it shut oh. them up so much. Everton are one of my three to get relegated this season. I think losing um, Richarlison... Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's uh, been reported to be out for six weeks now due to a knee, a knee injury. And I know they're signed James Tarkowski, but they're, they're still really poor generally, uh, Everton, I find. You, you look at the sort of the, their main sort of players that you look in that side now, Anthony Gordon, I think he had a decent season last season, but you couldn't, you can't put all your eggs in that basket really, can you, for, for Anthony Gordon? Where, where Where's the goals coming from with Everton, Luke? Because... I mean, they've still got Deli Alley, Alex Iwobi. I mean, Thomas Gravison. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have to get Duncan Ferguson off the coaching staff yeah. on, on the pitch, the way it's going. They're, they're really struggling for me, Everton. Really struggling. The pressure's already on Frank Lampard. I know they had a bit of momentum towards the end of the season. Obviously, the fans got back on side, but a couple of defeats in those first <laughs> games. It's going to be odds on fire to be sacked first, Frank Lampard. If they have a bad start in their first six, it's going to be toxic up there, mate. <laughs> the terrible Everton fans are absolutely terrible. Some of the worst. They really are. Oh, and, and like you said, met the striker. DCL's injured as well, again. So that's crazy, that is. And Richarlison's gone to Tottenham. That's <laughs> They're in a worse position than us. Everton. They've probably got some 15-year-old kid in the academy who's absolutely fucking mustard. And he'll end up with 28 goals next season. <laughs> yeah. Probably. They're just lucky like that, man. They're so lucky. Yeah. But I know um, it's not lucky to like, create Wayne Rooney, but at the same time, I'm with Jafar, man. If Everton went down, I'd, I was praying for Everton to go down last season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Everton was one of mine. I, f- I still think, um, I think Forrest and Bournemouth will be the other two. Um, I know I know Forest have made a massive amount of signings and signing Jesse Lingard on paper is a, a great signing, but I still don't think they've got a a centre forward that's got enough goals in them to to keep them uh, to keep them safe this season. Defensively they haven't really improved. I think Dean Henderson's um got himself injured now, he's recently joined on loan and I think we all just want Bournemouth to go down because they're just a really poxy club, aren't they? 
hundred percent. I want Bournemouth to be twentieth from game week one to game week thirty-eight. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, I was laughing, but it's just it's it's just all it's just how we all feel, isn't it? Yeah, what's the point? I'm just getting fuck them off to League One, man. Be done with you. Honestly, that's just literally who cares about Bournemouth? Thanks for joining us tonight, Eddie. This is Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we all have got a, a massive dislike for Bournemouth. They're literally um, Warsaw on acid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like if Warsaw got into the Premier League. Well, no, they're like if Warsaw just had a bigger brother. You know, it's like Warsaw's big brother. That's true. Oh, so annoying. Obviously, the that... Athletic predicted us to finish 13th this season. Um, where do you think we're going to be finishing roughly, Eddie? Well, I mean, it's interesting that we've been talking about, you know, Mitrovic and, and DCL and all these teams that are going to be struggling for goals, you know, struggling for a proper centre forward. And, and here we are, um, you know, a couple of days away from starting the season with uh, with Raul out. Um, so, you know, I can see why the Athletic put us in 13th based on the window that we've had and based on our form at the end of last season. But, um, you know, I'm going opti- to be an optimist, uh, definitely top 10. Um, I mean, it really depends how, how the next week goes if you pick anyone else up. But I'm, I'm hoping, you know, ninth, eighth, something like that would be great. I was on the Loaded Mad Newcastle YouTube channel on Wednesday night. If you can, if you ever have a minute to watch that. Um it was basically a Battleground Europe episode where they were talking, they had Wolves, Villa, Newcastle, West Ham and Leicester. And those were the teams that New, the Newcastle fans were predicting were the most likely to break into the top seven this season. Um, I'll come to you with this question, Jeffo. Based on uh, Wolves, Newcastle and Villa, what's your sort of um, mindset? Do you think we can finish above either of those sides? I, I think we could finish above Villa. Um, Newcastle's going to be difficult. I mean, they have invested quite well and they've got some very good players. I mean, Bruno, Bruno Gamares is going to only go on from strength to strength. But Villa, I, I think the what they've done and I think taking the captaincy off Mings and giving it to begin, that could really, really backfire. Um, I think that could cause a lot of trouble in the dressing room um, akin to things that have happened down at Molyneux in, in the past. Uh, with the jo- when Johnson was um, given the cap- captaincy, it's a bold move, isn't it? Game it is. uh, taking the captaincy off Mings, but it, it, in another sort of way, giving that responsibility to John McGinn could take his game on tenfold, couldn't? Couldn't it? I know he was linked to Man United last summer. I mean, for sure, but uh, yeah, that can go the other way as well. It could put a lot more pressure on him, and I think uh, people people have seen it and saying, oh, well, they've signed Coutinho, they've done this. Coutinho is a one-in-four one in good game player. He He's very much a purple patch player. Uh, and he say he'll be good for one game and then for four games or three or four games, he'll just be invisible. So... There is a really much between see... him and Emmy Brendier is the really. No, I'm yet to see whether they're going to do it. I mean, we'll see. For five or six games of the season, we'll actually get a, a feel for whether Villa are going to do but at this moment in time, I think we could finish above them and Leicester. I think ninth to 10th is probably where we should be looking. Uh, Jay Marnie in the comments says he guarantees we'll finish above Villa. He does not understand the loving that the Athletic have given Villa, predicting them to finish ninth. Um, what's your opinion on on that sort of 
prediction table, Eddie? Did you think uh, Newcastle and Villa will finish that far ahead of us? Well, I mean, like everyone's saying, really, it's a bit of an unknown with Newcastle um, and uh, Villa to a degree. But I just think, I don't know, I'm just not sure about Steven Gerrard, really. I mean, um, I mean, he did a decent job at Rangers, didn't he? But he's not really done anything since he's been with them. Um, I'm, I'm putting us ahead of Newcastle and Villa, to be honest. I, I'm thinking Palace are going to be ahead of both of them as well. I'm not sure why the Athletic have put, put them so low down. They're my uh, dark horses to probably break into the top top eight. What's your opinion, Luke, in regards to do you think we could finish with Villa this season? Yeah, quite yeah, quite comfortably as well, if if we turn up. There's we are better than Villa, but <sighs> I mean Martin W in the comments section, Luke, saying Villa have strikers. Yeah, but, but they also have stinkers. Uh, you know what I mean? You look at some of their defending. John McGinn Skipper is always plays on the edge, like he can he's, he's is a heated debate away from a red card. It, it, to me, it looks like a liability. I'd love to play against him. Um, and their strikers have, usually have stinkers as well, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, not Watkins, Ings, who else have they got? Uh, Cameron Archer. He could be a problem, Cameron Archer. And I, I've got to admit, Jacob Ramsey looks good for them. But again, they're just average. They're just average. Like, I won't go into a game against Villa... And, and think, oh, that they're, they're going to do the double average this season because they're that much better than us. We'll take four points off them. And uh, it's, sorry, I think the Athletic put in Villa ninth. It's just because Gerard's the manager. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. If yeah, Gerard wasn't the Villa manager, they'd, said, uh... they'd have him in the same position as, as Leeds. Uh, Eddie just mentioned that he's. Uh... Surprise, uh, like dark horse this season, Crystal Palace. Who's your dark horse this season, Luke? Do you know what? Right, I think Palace is a brilliant shape with some of the players they've got, but not so much a dark horse. But I think a team who might take people by surprise this season, and I'm going to get slaughtered for this, but I think Arsenal could be a problem, you know. Signing Gabriel Jesus could be like the the yeah. thing that they've been missing the most, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I think I think they're a right back. And maybe a centre mid away from, from really because I mean if if everyone's raving about Tottenham, I don't think Tottenham are, are miles ahead of Arsenal, um, and I think a lot of people would probably expect Arsenal, apart from the Athletic, to to be around sixth or seventh. Um, but I don't know. I think Arsenal could, Arsenal could cement third. I think Man City, Liverpool, you just don't even count them. They're in a league on their own. But yeah. I think Arsenal, Arsenal could cement third, if. Jesus clicks and you know Sacra Mart- Sacra Martinelli as well. You know, got some really good players. So I might put them you, in I, I I think the Athletic have done Man United real dirty on that one. I think I'm not biggest Man United like fan in the world, but I think they've made some very good signings. I think Ten Hag will do a great job there. He'll and he'll bring back the sort of like Man United style of old with the with the high intensity and high work rate. I think they that they, it could be the uh, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Uh, Man United as a top four. I think Chelsea have done quite well with Koulibaly, but some of the other signing avenues that they've gone with have been poor. Uh, and Tottenham, I think Perisic is a good signing. Uh, and Richarlison's a good backup. Um, but other than that, they they capitulated in quite a lot of games last season. So I think, yeah, I think Man United will be the surprise package. I think they'll be getting top four. 
Right, I'm going to ask one last question to the three of you before we go for our quick break. I'll come to you first, Luke. Who's getting the golden boot this season? Harland. Jeffo? Harland. Eddie? Yeah, it's got to be Harland. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go different. I'm going to go Mohamed Salah again because he's just ridiculous. And I still, th- I still think, and I'm going to be bold here, that I don't think Julian Alvarez is going to finish that far behind Erling Haaland this season. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Julian Alvarez could easily be a Guerrero mark too. He he looks exceptional when it comes to his finishing right foot, left foot, header. I think he's an exceptional talent. I think if Haaland hadn't become available this summer, everyone would be talking about Julian Alvarez. I just think yeah, he's an exceptional talent. I wish there was some sort of... Uh, South America's scouting system that we had in place to get him before these sort of clubs because he's an absolute ridiculous uh, player. Right, we're going to go for a quick break now and then we'll come back and we'll talk Leeds versus Wolves. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question or opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyetimedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk. Right, gentlemen, Saturday, 3pm, Leeds versus Wolves. Obviously, we're a bit still a bit uh, still a bit disappointed and hurt after that 3-2 defeat at Molyneux. The, the sending off against from Ralph Jimenez really changed the game, didn't it? Uh, if you look at sort of the previous lineups for the two sides, they've both had um, decent pre-seasons. Leeds finished their pre-season with a 6-2 home victory against Calgary. Uh, I watched the highlights earlier on in the week. Leeds did look a lot more dangerous than last season. Calgary weren't great. They've, um, they, they did concede some really sloppy goals at times, but they did also have the chance to make it 3 all uh, after being 3-0 down. Uh, Leeds have made some decent signings this summer. I think is it Brett Aronson in midfield. He looks a bit decent. What, what have you made to their sort of uh, summer, Jeffo? Yeah, some decent signings in there. It's, it's, it's a big, big um, it's a big window um, and a big season for the uh, for the new manager in there to really sort of stamp his style on. Uh, he came into the club under under a bit of a cloud, to be honest. Um, with everything that was going on at the club, you know they were sleepwalking into relegation. So he's done well to keep him up, and I think I think he'll do well this season. I think, like you say, Aronson's going to be a great signing, but it's how they they evolve now and and move because they've lost Calvin Phillips, you know, uh, and they're going to go with in, into it with a new formation, new style. I think they'll do well. I think I think they'll they'll be fine. I think they'll be comfortable. Um, and I think uh, this, 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 I say the signings are, 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 are very good. I was surprised to see. Is, uh, is that correct? Is that Helder Costa back on their bench? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd gone permanently to uh, Valencia. It's a shame that he's gone back to Leeds. I think he's, uh, he's still a quality player that should be playing, probably conference league level. Um, what's your sort of opinions on uh, Leeds, Eddie? Um, well, yeah. I mean, like we've been saying, they've had a big summer, haven't they? I mean, Rafinha gone, Phillips gone. It's all going to depend on, you know, if you if you Tyler Adams. I mean, Jesse Marsh has come and he sort of brought in a couple of septics, hasn't he? Put his stamp on it, as you say, Jeffo. And it's whether Tyler Adams can fill, uh, you know, Calvin Phillips 
um, boots. You know, is Aronson gonna gonna you know push them on creatively? Goals. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean they're going to be better than last season. I'm sure of it, especially if Bamford stays fit. Um, but yeah, they've got they've yes. got more depth. They've had a pretty good summer. I think it's going to be a tough game. That's key for them, isn't it? Keeping Patrick Bamford this uh, fit this season. Obviously, Rodrigo is another one that we'll have to try and keep quiet on Saturday, Luke. Yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get from Leeds opening day of the season. You know the crowd are going to be bouncing. Um, they're going to make it hostile. It's going to be a good atmosphere, um, and I think last season, I think I think the crowd got that point for Leeds. To be fair, because there was intense, wasn't there? Yeah, they they, 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 drove, they, they drove Leeds on towards the end of that game because yeah. we, we we pretty much just sat deep and yeah. we're just trying to do a classic walls and just stink the place there. But unfortunately, uh, Joe Gellart caused us a lot of problems. Won the penalty. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rodrigo put it away. Uh, what did you make to the uh, performance against Sporting, Luke? The Wolves' performance. Well, yes. Yeah, it's, um, I didn't even watch a match. <laughs> I haven't seen none of our pre-season matches. I've been working. I've literally been working, so I haven't even seen them. So I couldn't tell you. Okay. Eddie, did you catch the Wolves' Sporting match? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was, uh, it was, it was, good. it was a close game, wasn't it? It was good to see the interplay between Gibbs, White, Neto, and Podence. I mean, that's like probably going to be our starting eleven that you've got. I don't think it's necessarily there. just that as well, though, Eddie. I think it's the combination with Gibbs, White, Podence, and the fullbacks that stood out for me this preseason. Yeah, no, definitely, and obviously, I mean, eight Nori, uh, uh, you know, you can't say enough about uh, the preseason that he's had. Um, but it's just going to be, you know, uh, are there going to be goals? You know, how the hell's Dan Donker going to be coming forward? It, you know, is he going to be in that f- sort of false nine? Is he going to be getting in the box? You know, and, and, and can Gibbs White sort of give us the kind of returns that he's been giving us in the preseason because he's looked good? Is there anyone sort of in that bench there, uh, Jeff o, maybe Fwang, uh Bolly Cody, that could be pushing for a start against Leeds or how we featured against um, Sporting I think, in that I think is, that, is, that, is, that, is that how we're playing? I think, yeah, I think that's going to be the starting eleven. The only one who could even possibly come in is Huang. But, yeah, I mean, I think talking about the Sporting game, I think we played really well in the first half. Um, I think the second half kind of proved to what most Wolves fans know and how Wolves fans are feeling right now that we haven't got enough depth and players there to change the game. Because uh, we yeah. kind of just petered out against it as we as the as we brought the subs on, you know, as the likes of um, Bueno came on, Campbell, you know, then they're not they've not played enough games at the you know the highest level to really start to affect affect matches for us. How did Campbell look? He, he looked he looked okay. He, he had some good touches, some good passes. But the thing is, he, he's like like I say, he's, he's not played enough league games yet. Yeah, he's another one who could probably benefit from being out on loan at a championship level club. Or, or... It's, I'm, I'm still isn't... unsure on whether the championship would be too physical for Kem Campbell at the moment. Yeah, I, I think maybe another another season in our under twenty three is just um, you know just learning his craft a bit more, and then then yeah. maybe going out for for a loan like Corby Arnu did um, last season. I think Connor Ronan. Could be somebody who's um, a bit of a surprise package this season. I think he's a talented footballer. I think he did really well in Scotland last year. He scored some cracking goals. From I what think he's jumped ahead of Kundal this summer, hasn't he? 
I think so. I think I think he, he's a lot more creative. Um, and if we are going to play that four-two-three-one going forward, he is someone who could rotate with Gibbs White in that number ten and and say get some goals, get some assists, and hopefully push as far in some of the cup competitions as well. I'd like to see us go as far as we have in the FA Cup in recent years. That'd be really nice. That'd be something to to get on the you know be positive about. Uh, I said earlier, thanks for those who have joined us tonight for the uh, Fancast match preview. If you haven't already, just drop a like on the bottom left or drop us a comment. Give us give us stuff to talk about. Guys, I'm going to put you on the spot for the worst part of every show that I hate doing. Uh, score prediction uh, for Saturday. I'll come to you first, Eddie. Should be, uh, should be putting us on the spot for a card prediction, really, um, uh, based on uh, Leeds' uh, last season. Um, I'm saying, I'm saying, there's going to be goals. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see us. Oh man, I'm saying, um, I'm going to be again optimistic. I'm saying three nil Wolves. Yeah, honestly, I had this, I had the conversation on a Leeds podcast earlier on the week, uh, the LS11 uh, YouTube channel, and the guy did tongue in cheek say he could finish nine eight. And after the, some of the defending I saw in the Leeds Calgary game, and how much we've um, been creating chances somewhere. It, it could, I, I said it could easily, it could easily finish four all. I predicted two one Wolves, but uh, what's your opinion, Luke? Um, one one, one one. I'll, I'll, I'll take a point as well. To be fair, mm-hmm. it's. I think everyone's of the same sort of mindset. You don't lose your first game, do you? I think that's one of my like sort of um, biggest concerns about Saturday is the fact that Leeds are at home with that new season bounce atmosphere they're going to be right out aren't they uh, what's your opinion uh, Saturday Jeffo uh, I'm, I'm in the same sort of camp as Luke I, I think 2-2 is probably the result I'll probably go for um, as you say they're going to have the, the new season bounce you know Ellen Road is always they're excited and happy to actually to hopefully see a good season but um, I think I think we have got goals in us despite us not having a number nine I, I think we create a lot of chances and I think the, the front three will do well uh, and say so against Calgary, they didn't look very um, solid at the back lead. So fingers crossed. I mean, I hope for a win, but I think a draw is a good a good result to start your season. I just really hope that um, predictions for Eddie isn't something he'll uh, regret doing because <laughs> we'd, we'd all love a three 0 But you, your first prediction show, you want to get your prediction right, down you? Otherwise, you just you, you're doing me and just start predicting draws every time you're on. Then just to try and not jinx Wolves. Let, um, let's not forget that Calgary are a Serie B team. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, we've had it. We've, there's been goals in our preseason. You know, we've 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 seen it. I think I think we can do it. I mean, three 0 is yeah, very optimistic. But let's go for it. I mean, I've said Wolves 2-1 this week and I've, I've got a feeling Dendonk is going to get on the score sheet. I think he's been he's been, he's getting, he's been close a couple of times this pre-season and I think with the chances that we will be creating and the fact that he's probably going to be the more advanced of our midfield three, I fancy him to, to bag one on Saturday. be even brilliant for the lad if he bagged two and we won 2-1, but I don't want to be greedy. Just, just anyone can score Saturday as long as we win 2-1 or 1-0. As I said, I ain't greedy. Uh, gents, before we jump on to Eddie's quiz to end the show, uh, Vicky Roy got in touch with a fan cast earlier on in the week and she's uh, putting on a uh, experience night at the Prince of Wales Theatre in Cannock on the Thursday, the 20th of October, uh, discussing the captivating story of Billy Roy's life. There'll be uh, historic footage from the matches, uh, private family photos, and there'll be powerful contributions from football legends like uh, Sir Bobby Robson, Kevin Keegan, David Beckham and a load of other 
England uh, people who have uh, come across uh, Billy Wright in the past, an absolute legend of the club. Hopefully, um, a lot of you can visit uh, the night, as I said again, the Prince of Wales Theatre in Cannock, Thursday the 20th of October. Uh, the link for the box office will be on our website uh, and social media pages, or you can ring the box office 01543 578762. Gents, it's quiz round, and it's the man, Eddie, who's going to be providing the quiz questions tonight, uh, as I said. <laughs> preview show back fancast quiz round sponsored by pixel yeti media eddie take it away sorry dan i know you're usually the uh, quiz master but i'll uh, put that hat on for tonight so five questions boys we'll have three questions fastest fingers i guess the way to do it and then uh, there's going to be a couple of questions that are going to be a kind of round robin where i want to go around you and see if you can uh, see who's who's the first one to come up short uh, right question number one nice and easy um Start for an easy one. Wolves' current 22-23 away shirt designed by Castor was inspired by another famous away shirt design. But what year was that shirt? 97. 2001. 96, was it? 96. Jeffo takes it. One point to Jeffo. Well done. He's got the new shirt on. That's what gives him the advantage then. I, I mean, knew it was 96, 97, <laughs> the war it's all, you know, I'm going to give myself half a point then. Just don't, just don't take your zip down, Dan, that's all. Uh... <laughs> He's oh, got I'm it on. Just... I've got the exact flipping top on as well, I've got the wrong so gear. What this one was night. this is this is the 97 away, um, this one here, the Robbie Keane debut number. Um, and bonus point, uh, last season, uh, Castor chose uh, the third kit um, to have a uh, another inspired by design. Um, can anyone name the year that the uh, third kit from last season was inspired by? 98. 2001. 2000. Luke, stand up. <laughs> You're wearing it. <laughs> oh, this one. Oh, was it the white, was it white store? Was That's it? it, yeah. The, uh, well, oh, no, the scoreline. No, Manders. no Manders painting. Manders, 89. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good one. Uh, right, so so far we've got one point to Jeffo. Okay, question number two. Um, the late 80s, 90s, early noughties saw Wolf Shirt sponsors reflect then product-driven economy of this country, um, such as companies making paint, tyres and crisps. Um, sponsors which I much prefer to our current betting uh, or payday loan sponsors we've had in the past few years. Uh, our longest-serving sponsor, of course, is... Good year. Good year. Good year. Uh, but for how many seasons were they our kit sponsor? Eight. Fourteen. Dan? Uh, I'll give it to the closest. Nine. Uh, Jeffo takes it again. It was. It is 12. So uh, another point. That's two points. Hold on. What Jeffo. did Jeffo say? No, I said eight. Oh, he said 14. 14. Oh, yeah. sorry, Luke. Yeah, no, sorry. Luke. One point for Luke. Sorry. And, uh, I was going to take it as well then. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, question three. Uh, Wolves' current badge, uh, the famous wolf head, first designed in 1979, has uh, been in our shirts in a hexagon um, for many years. But what was the first season that the wolf head was in the hexagon on our shirts? 
2012. I'll go 10 years. I'll give you to the closest again. Luke. 2006. Luke takes it. 2006. The answer is 2002. Admiral. Um, so uh, Luke was the, again, two points to Luke. Well done. Right. Oh. Now, these next questions, we're going to start with Dan, then Luke, then Jeffo. And uh, I want you to go round. And the first person to uh, fail to produce an answer, I guess they'll maybe get a minus one point. I don't know if we'll do it that way. Uh, so this season, question four, uh, Castor created another sh shirt, which many Wolves fans consider to be too yellow um, compared to the old gold, um, which fans fondly remember from the uh, Umbro heyday, um, who made our shirts between 1970 and 1986. Uh, since Umbro stopped making our shirts at the end of the 85-86 season, we've had a number of different shirt manufacturers how many can you name so if we start with dan then luke then jeffo name one each right dan bookta luke puma jeffo lecoq dan birda luke admiral jeffo adidas it's good dan scoreline luke Molyneux. Yeah, I'll take it. Defo. <laughs> Puma. Zeddy. We, we, we had Puma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Minus one, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Could have also had Spall. WWFC. Uh, yeah, WWFC. We haven't named Nutmeg, of course. Hold oh, on, I need points here, Eddie. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, it's a minus one round. Minus one to Jeffo. Uh, Jeffo uh, back on zero, I'm afraid. Luke's on one. Dan on zero, right, and another minus one round. I think we'll go with that. Sorry, so sorry, Eddie. Sorry to interrupt. Tell me. I'm on two, mate. Sorry, mate. Two. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, last question. Um, so, 99, the 99-2000 was the first season the Nationwide Football League introduced mandatory names and squad numbers on the back of shirts, uh, standardising them across the Football League. Um, within their three tiers of English football. Now, as Steve Ball retired at the end of the 98-99 season, uh, he never actually wore a Wolves shirt with a number nine and Bull written on the top. Not for us, anyway, in his playing days. Um, but how many, since Steve Ball retired, how many Wolves number nines can we name? So we've got a name, Wolves number nine, since Steve oh. Ball has retired. Going to start, I'm going to change it up this time. I'm going to start with Luke and then Jeffo and then Dan. Right, Luke, off you go. Oh man, I, I think I'll probably name one. Um, Ebanks Blake. Roll. Dan. Have hard flow. Good. Luke. Jesus Christ, I'm struggling here. <laughs> what did a foul be wear? He he didn't he didn't wear uh, number 19. nine. I'm afraid. Okay, I won't say him then. I won't say him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, take, take the point off me. I'm, I'm struggling already. Minus one for Luke, but let's keep it going. Jeff, can you name any more number nines? Frankowski, did he wear nine? Not, not number no. nine, I'm afraid. No. Dan? So basically, if I can name all the other nines now, I can take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, mate. Right, so we've got yeah, Nathan definitely. Blake. We've got Leon yeah. Clark. Good. Um, I'm going to go... We're definitely in bonus point territory. I'm going for a reckless one of... Cedric Roussel, go for it. I was going to go with Adam Lafond. No, Alf, sadly, uh, not not number nine. But I'll give you a bonus point for that one, uh, Dan. 
Um, you could have also had some big names here. Tamori Ketspire, Adam Proudlock, uh, Vio Ganea, Ganya, having to pronounce it, Carl Court, Andy Keogh, uh, Lee Griffiths, Nuadiko, Rafa Mir, and uh, yeah, they're the ones we didn't say. So we give Rafa Mir number nine. We did indeed, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That was in that was under Nuno's first season. So who give Adam Proudlock number nine? <laughs> Yeah, well, this is it. We thought we thought he'd be the next big thing, didn't we? He was one of many strikers to wear the next bully tagline, uh, <laughs> but one of many strikers to not live up to that. I mean, some of the, the number nines that we just mentioned there, Nathan Blake, Adam Predlock, Ket Spoyer, what, what sort of... Uh, who of them sort of stands out for you, Luke? Leon Clark, or number nine. You know what, right? He, he's living the dream. Just a lad from Warvale. Just knocking about the Molyneux wearing number nine. That's he's lived every every lad's dream from our generation. Can't knock it. There was a sure. mad stat at one point that when Leon Clark scored for Wolves, we never lost, and it it was over the two periods that he had. In it was a mad mm. stat. I, I'm not sure how many games it was in total, but when he scored, we never lost. It's a bit like when uh, Gabriel Jesus. Every Premier League game that he scored in, he hasn't lost yet. Mad. Obviously, you mentioned Tamori Ketspire. Havard Flowers, my, uh, one of my favourite yeah. number nines that we just mentioned there. Anyone else stand out for you, Jeffo? Oh, Ganea. I, I love Ganea. Um, I, I can't remember the goal was against, but when he dived into the uh, into the North Bank after he scored he, that second goal, you know, I can't remember what game it was now. No, it was Arsenal, wasn't it? We got beat 4-1. Is he, he's already 4-0 yeah. down. <laughs> what is it? No, no, he, he equalised. <laughs> no, I think, think he equalised or... Or it might have been 2 0 to us at the time, but I remember yeah. him jumping into the safe bank when he scored. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I've just got the image of him jumping into the crowd and then him, him having to go at the referee when he got booked. You also uh, mentioned uh, Eddie Lee Griffiths. One of my favourite moments watching Wolves uh, was when Lee Griffiths scored against Coventry. I mean, it's, it's an absolutely perfect game to remember. But a Wolves fan ran on the pitch from the South Bank end because Coventry was in the bottom of the Steve Ball. And this Wolves fan was flicking the Vs from corner flag to corner flag. <laughs> it was an iconic moment that I'll, I'll never, ever forget. Any of those other number nine stand out for you, Eddie? Well, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I I like New Adicca, I've got to be honest. It's magic. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's the sort of curse of, curse of him was when he took the number nine. Um, when we, I think we, his first number for us was 40. And uh, that was that was um, yeah when he was when he was at his best really um, toiling away in uh, in League One, um, but yeah as soon as he put that number nine on and went to Championship he couldn't couldn't really cut it, but yeah a lot of love for uh, the the Dicko um, Sacco Phoebe yeah. back the, back Mass- in those days. Massive love for Nua, uh, previous guest to the show. Hopefully we can get him on again in the future because he was just really lovely guy on and off the camera. And on that note, obviously. On Sunday, we'll be back with our post-match pre uh, post-match review of hopefully Wolves' victory over Leeds. Thanks again for joining us tonight, commenting, liking, hopefully a few more subscribers tonight. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Wolves Fancast are part of the 90-min network. Follow us at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I think we're on TikTok, but we haven't even done anything on there because we're middle-aged men with jobs and partners. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Take care.
middle-aged man. Fucking arse, that is, man. I'm 